Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. Today, we're talking with hepatologist Dr. Neha Parikh about liver cancer diagnosis and treatment options. Hi, my name is Nihar Parikh. I'm a hepatologist, which is a liver physician at Michigan Medicine, and I'm the medical director of the liver tumor program. What are key signs and symptoms for liver cancer? So, you know, liver cancer is uh, a tough cancer for a lot of reasons. And one reason is because um, there are not a lot of signs and symptoms for a lot of patients, especially at early stages of disease. The primary risk factor for liver cancer is underlying liver disease or cirrhosis of the liver, which is scar tissue forming in the liver. So most of the signs and symptoms come from the scar tissue rather than cancer. Sometimes patients who present with more uh, intermediate or advanced stage disease will have some discomfort in the right side of their abdomen, some shortness of breath, um, and some generalized fatigue or just tiredness. Um, but outside of that, there are not a lot of specific signs and symptoms for uh, liver cancer, and that's part of the reason we do screening for liver cancer in patients who are at risk. How is liver cancer diagnosed? So, you know, liver cancer is also unique in the fact that it is diagnosed uh, typically using imaging only. Uh, most cancers, we have to biopsy them to try to find uh, out what type of cancer it is. Um, but in liver cancer, it has very specific imaging features. And so that uh, 85% of cancer, liver cancers are diagnosed with imaging alone. Um, of course, there are a subset of pa- patients with atypical cancers that don't look quite uh, right on imaging, and so we have to biopsy them. Um, but uh, for the most part, we non-invasively diagnosed liver cancers. What treatment options are there for people who have liver cancer? The treatment for liver cancer uh, largely depends on the stage at which, it's, which it is found. Um, patients with early stage disease often have curative treatment options, which is part of the reason we recommend screening in, for patients that are at risk for development of liver cancer. So some of those could include a surgery to cut the cancer out, um, or a uh, type of ablation where they burn the tumor with a catheter, um, and these are considered curative options. Um, for a sub- small subset of patients, a liver transplant may be an option, and that is attractive because it not only cures the cancer, it cures the underlying liver disease that often leads to the cancer. Um, and so for early-stage patients, that is the, 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 those are the mainstays of therapy. Um, for more intermediate or advanced stage uh, cancers, we often things, uh, think of things like uh, something called transarterial chemoembolization or transarterial radioembolization. Essentially, what that is is where they put a catheter into the blood vessel that feeds the tumor and inject either chemo and uh, chemo or radiation beads into the tumor to try to destroy the tissue. Um, And this is good for patients with larger tumors or multiple tumors in the liver. When patients have uh, uh, evidence of more advanced stage liver cancer, uh, where they have either disease outside the liver or there's invasion into some of the surrounding structures in the liver, then we start thinking that systemic therapy is the best course of action. And um, as of right now, the uh, approved systemic therapies include immunotherapies or oral pills that help prevent the cancer from growing or uh, shrink them. What type of patient is more at risk of liver cancer? 
So uh, patients who are at risk of liver cancer have uh, underlying liver disease or cirrhosis. There's lots of things that cause cirrhosis of the liver. Hepatitis C is an example, which is a virus that can affect the liver. Um, people often think of alcohol, fatty liver disease, which is associated with obesity and diabetes, um, as a, a major growing risk factor for developmental liver cancer. But um, you know they all can lead to cirrhosis of the liver, and that cirrhosis in turn has a uh, you know a risk of developmental liver cancer. So once somebody's diagnosed with cirrhosis or known to have liver disease, we do screening with ultrasounds and blood testing every six months to, to uh, help find the liver cancers at early stage. Are there different types of liver cancer? Um, there are several types of liver cancer. Um, the most common type is something called hepatocellular carcinoma, which is a cancer of the liver cells themselves. That it comprises about 85% of the liver cancers that we see in the United States. A smaller percentage of patients have something called cholangiocarcinoma, a cholangiocarcinoma is a cancer of the bile ducts. The liver is predominantly comprised of liver cells and bile ducts, and so that's why we um, those are the main types of cancer that we see in the liver. Of course, there are more rare types of liver cancer out there um, and uh, that we manage in the liver tumor clinic at the University of Michigan, um, but those are the two main types that we see. Are there preventive measures people can take to hopefully avoid liver cancer? So, you know, we always say that... Um, Preventing chronic liver disease is the best way to prevent liver cancer. Um, and so uh, if patients have viral hepatitis, um, such as hepatitis C, it's important to get screened for that. Um, there is a uh, current recommendation by the U United States Preventative Task Force for all adults to be screened for hepatitis C with a blood test, and they can, they can get that through their primary care physician if it hasn't been done. Um, and, you know, for patients at risk of uh, fatty liver disease or alcohol-related liver disease, it's important to institute lifestyle interventions to either lose weight or cut back on their alcohol intake to prevent the chronic liver disease. What can a patient expect coming here for treatment? So the University of Michigan has a long-established um, liver cancer program uh, that's been in uh, existence for over 15 years. Um, it's a clinic that is what we call multidisciplinary, and what that really means is that there's multiple, provider, multiple providers all housed in one clinic. So uh, when you come to Michigan Medicine for a, uh, for a liver cancer, you're directly referred into our liver tumor clinic, and there you can meet multiple specialists who help coordinate the care. Um, we meet uh, every week to discuss patients and decide on treatment options for them through something called a tumor board. Um, which is a meeting that we have with a bunch of physicians that uh, we review the imaging, the blood work, and the patient situations and make treatment recommendations. And, you know, we all coordinate that through the liver tumor clinic. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we try to provide as expeditious and patient-centered care as possible. What advice would you want people to know about liver cancer? So, you know, liver cancer, uh, you know, while it doesn't get as much press as some of the other cancers like colorectal, breast, or lung, it is a growing cause of uh, uh, cancer in the U.S. because of the rise in underlying liver disease. So, you know, from, uh, I think the most important thing is to, uh, if you think you might have chronic liver disease or having signs of that, it's important to, uh, you know, get screened or get worked up for that um, so that you can get appropriately screened for liver cancer itself um, because we do know that outcomes are better if you undergo screening um, for the liver cancer um, if you're at risk. 
Could you describe or share what the signs of chronic liver disease might be? Because you've mentioned that a few times, if you think you might have chronic liver disease. So I think, you know, understanding whether you have chronic liver disease is, is difficult. I think a lot of patients don't really know. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I think they, uh, sometimes providers even miss it. I think it's a very, it's a, it's a nuanced uh, diagnosis. Uh, I think you have to understand what your risk factors may be. Um, you know, I, I think uh, understanding whether, you know, if you're overweight and have diabetes, you know, do you have abnormal liver enzymes? Is there, uh, does, did your primary care physician check them? If you're drinking excessively more than is recommended, you know, more than two drinks per day per men, more than one drink per day per, for women, um, you know, and you've been doing that for some time period, um, have you been screened for, uh, you know, uh, with blood work and or an ultrasound to your liver for signs of chronic liver disease? Um, and I mentioned earlier about chronic uh, viral hepatitis to make sure that, you know, if you're at risk for those, uh, hepatitis C or hepatitis B, that you're screened and we understand whether you have that or not. Um, but I think, you know, typically what we recommend is that uh, patients, um, you know, get, you know, make sure that they see a physician, you know, on a semi-regular basis where they're getting blood work, getting uh, examined by a physician to see um, if they may or may not have signs of chronic liver disease. How does someone even start to think that they might have that? Um, you know, one of the misconceptions about liver cancer is that patients will have symptoms related to it. But in fact, oftentimes in early and intermediate stages, patients will have no symptoms. And, you know, that's part of the reason that screening is important for patients who are at risk of developmental liver cancer. Um, because, often, because uh, you know, when patients are found early, they often have more treatment options rather than when they are found late. And so um, that's why we recommend screening in patients who are at risk, which is predominantly patients with chronic liver disease or cirrhosis. Is there anything else that we've not discussed that might be a common misconception or something about liver cancer that you might think the general audience just doesn't know? So, you know, there's a lot of common misperceptions about liver cancer. You know, one is certainly that, you know, am I at risk? Um, and um, oftentimes we'll think, uh, patients will think, well, I don't drink, I can't have cirrhosis of the liver. But in fact, many things cause cirrhosis of the liver. And so, um, for example, there's an entity called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And, you know, by definition, those patients, uh, we don't think alcohol plays a major role in the development of their liver disease. They just have fatty liver. And that is the fastest growing cause of liver cancer in the United States. And so, you know, uh, I think the, the perception or the understanding that um, you may be at risk when you think you may not be, or when you, when you think you don't have any risk factors is an important misconception that patients have uh, that are out there in, in the community. The other is that, you know, that liver cancer causes symptoms. Oftentimes, liver cancer doesn't cause symptoms because there's a lot of room in the abdomen for um, things to grow. And um, oftentimes, at early or even intermediate stages of liver cancer, patients will have no symptoms at all. And so um, that's part of the reason that we recommend screening um, for liver cancer in patients who are at risk. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. Mm-hmm.